Threads of Faith, deeply personal tales of family, faith, and resilience. Authentic, uplifting, and inspirational. In this episode, Edward reflects deeply on a recent personal tragedy, one that has provided a lot of pain, but also a lot of growth. You know, the difficult periods of my life, that's when I've had growth, particularly spiritual growth. It's in the harder times, not in the easier times when things are going so well. And this last year has been a, a year of a lot of growth for me. Um, you know, sometimes I want I actually want to walk around with a T-shirt that says, pardon the mess, under construction, you know, just to let people know that <laughs> this was one of those years. Um, and I know how people feel about that. And, and, and I think I'm feeling a lot of things that I've seen others go through, yes. that I'm going through. I lost Julie, my wife of 34 years. You know, Julie, um, she suffered all her life uh, with lupus and would have flares and good periods. But, you know, the flares are getting uh, longer and worse. And we never had kids. And it's because of her lupus that we decided that it might be too risky a pregnancy for her. So we had we had dogs. We had lots of dogs through our marriage, and they were sort of our children. And, um, you know, we... It was just the two of us for 34 years. Now, Julie was an, an artist. She was a singer and an actress. And, you know, so she traveled particularly early in our marriage. She traveled a lot all over the world performing. So, I, you know, I was used to being without her for some periods of time. But this past year of being alone has summed up all sorts of challenges I didn't expect. Because I kind of thought I'd, I'd be okay on my own. You know, I have friends. I can deal with this. But being alone after being with someone for 34 years is like going to a different planet and trying to set up house. Um, and, and because of the pandemic, even though this happened more or less at the tail end of it, it's still people are isolated. They're not going into the office. And I'm alone in this house, and I don't have my life partner that I'd have. So, you know, one of the... Well, I did have my dog, Gracie. And believe it or not... You know, she tried to help. Like when I would get to these difficult parts of the book, which I'm writing about my mother and my family, you know, she would, she'd always sit in my little office on the couch. We called it her settee. And, you know, that she'd sleep while I worked. But when I hit a difficult part that was emotional and, and those emotions would come up, even without me indicating it externally, she'd come over and she'd rest her chin right on my, my thigh or she'd lick my hand. You know, she knew, she knew, and she knew, you know, that the, that the two of us were kind of alone now, and she kept an eye on me all the time. You know, she slept right at the foot of bed every night, and, and she's been this incredible help. You know, but you go through these periods where, you know, you ask God, why? This hurts. Why did you hurt me? You know, I don't think God hurts anybody, but you know you feel like he does. You personalize it. And if you have a personal relationship with God, then you tend to take you know, bad yes. things in your life personally because you're saying, wait, you know every breath I take, and yet you let this happen. You let Julie die, and, and now I'm alone. Feeling alone, but not alone. God has been there with Edward while the emotional pain of losing his wife, Julie, is confusing, sorrowful, and difficult. It is difficult, but I've forced myself to talk about it because I don't think I'll ever get past it if I don't. And that she took her life. And as I said, she had lupus. She was in a lot of pain. Um, the, she hated the drugs. 
that didn't do much anyway to help her. She'd had several surgeries, spinal surgeries and other surgeries that were failing. She was in a lot of pain. She couldn't do the thing she loved most, which was perform on stage. And she used to say, you know, if things get really bad, I don't want to be a burden to you, and I particularly don't want to be a burden to myself. You know, we've d discussed it, and, you know, I, I would react how you react. No, don't do it. You know, she talked theoretically and hypothetically. But she did eventually reach a point where the pain was too great. I was out of town for, for a night, and she did take her life. I came home to that, and, you know, it, what I saw, I'll never forget. It's like it's been imprinted. It's been almost like, you know, radioactivity into my brain. So so that's that's what I have to go on with, to live with. So how do I deal with that? And, you know, and I dealt with it the next morning because... Um, our local newspaper, which is the New York Times, called and said, you know, we understand we heard through other sources that uh, Julie had died and that she, we would like, you know, to do her obituary and let's go through with her career and the things that she, she did in her lifetime. And, you know, and it was the New York Times. So I felt like, you know, you really have to be completely open and honest and went through all the things she had done. And, and, um, we got to the, her cause of death, and, and the, the reporter from the Times said, well, it says that she died of lupus. And I said, well, that's true. And he, there was a pause, and he said, "It okay, it sounds like you want to say more. And I said, I don't know. And he says, well, why don't you tell me how she died, and you can. it's up to you whether you want it printed in the newspaper. And, you know, I said, she took her life. And there was a pause. He said, I'm so sorry. That's it's totally up to you if you want that to be publicized. And I thought about it, and, I, and suddenly I said, yes. You know, Julie's brother, and suicide runs in families, and it did in Julie's family. And her brother had committed suicide 10 years earlier, and they never talked about it, you know. And when he had his death notice in the little, the little Iowa town that they're all from, they didn't mention it. It was shameful. And I started thinking about that when the... The reporter asked me if I wanted it in the paper. And I thought, there are all those families who have covered this up with shame, covered it up with, you know, this, the things we paint on ourselves, wouldn't admit that someone in their life took their own life or, or died of a, an overdose, for instance, which is a, a kind of passive suicide. You know, and I felt like I'll never get past this if I don't face it. If I try to lie right off the bat about how Julie died, you know, that's starting this life without her based on a lie. And then I just thought about, you know, she was an honest person, you know, and she would have wanted, you know, she was very upset the way her brother's death was treated, that it was so shameful and secretive and the thing that couldn't be talked about. And I knew that the right thing to do was the, the honest thing to do. And that's, that's the lesson I learned finally. I don't know why it's taken me all these years to learn it. And I have to learn it over and over again. The honest thing is the right thing to do. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. 
Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Tell the truth and tell it straight. Um, and, And that's really how you begin to get past some of the tragedies in your life. So it was... It's been a difficult year knowing that. And I worry sometimes about people who say, oh, his, his wife committed suicide. That must be terrible. He, he must have a terrible life. It's, you know, people's expectations that they, don't, that they don't have when there's another form of death involved. But I know Julia was right with God. I, I do not judge that. That's the first thing I learned about dealing with, with a, a loved one's suicide is you don't, you cannot judge and you cannot say, why me? Why did it happen to me? It didn't happen to me, you know, but, and if I feel hurt and betrayed by my heavenly father, then that's my issue. You know, that's not somebody else. No one did that to me. So I've learned a lot about myself. I didn't think after all these years, I didn't think there's anything I didn't know about myself. Yeah, there's a lot I don't know about myself. There's a lot I need to learn about myself and, and how to deal with it. And as always, it comes down to faith. It comes down to, you know, I can't do this alone. I can't live without Julie alone. That's why I wasn't alone. I, I had I had spiritual support plus friends, colleagues. They were all great. They were all supportive. And none of them were judgmental. I was the one worried about that. You know, you project that onto people. You know, I had a... A friend who used to tell me, we're never, things are never as bad as we project them to be. It's it's like we're protecting ourselves by envisioning the worst that could happen. And then, you know, anything less than that is a relief. And, you know, I found myself projecting all sorts of things. And people are more compassionate and more kind, particularly people who have a spiritual foundation in their lives, aren't so judgmental, I hope. For me, they've been more supportive, loving, caring, reaching out, not reaching out when you needed your time. It's been, so it's been an amazing, you know, sometimes a really difficult year. Amazing and difficult are two words you don't hear put together often. But when you recognize you've made progress in your emotional, mental, and spiritual growth, these two words can coexist. For Edward, this growth has brought to him a new outlook on life. You know, I have to find, in a way, I have to find, rediscover my purpose in life. Not that I'm, I have a new, I just have to rediscover what I'm here to do. And one of them is to tell the truth about Julie. And so I hope I've done that. I really haven't talked much about this. I did write about it once in a blog for guidepost.org. And the guidepost audience, as usual, was fantastic and loving and kind and prayed for me and lifted me up and embraced me. Let's have Edward's openness and honesty about today's subject be an inspiration to all of us. The topic is a difficult one. 
but it's crucial that we all openly address it. If you or someone you know is struggling with thoughts of suicide, it's essential to talk to someone who can help. You are not alone, and help is available. For those in the United States, you can reach out to the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-8255. Or visit suicidepreventionlifeline.org to chat with a counselor. They're available 24-7 and provide free and confidential support. If you're outside the United States, we encourage you to seek out emergency helplines or professionals in your country. Life may present us with unbearable pain, but it's crucial to remember that there is support available and people who genuinely want to help you. Your life has value, and there is hope. We'll see you for the next and final episode where Edward shares how hope is also necessary in overcoming the fear of a gripping family-related health condition. And we'll learn that God is the source of that hope, too. Until then, keep weaving your own beautiful bonds of love and threads of faith. Hey there, it's Nicole Eunice from the How to Study the Bible podcast, and I'd love to invite you to join us as we weekly discover a passage of God's Word together. From beginning to end, from principles to practicals, we are here to make sure that God's Word is powerful and relevant to your life. If that sounds like something you're looking for, I would love to invite you to subscribe. You can go to lifeaudio.com and search How to Study the Bible, and we'll see you there.